What's up, everyone? This is Nigel, once again, bringing to you Idiots with Mics. This week, uh, Chase, back with us once again. Hello, Chase. Hey, what's going on, Nigel? How are you, sir? I've been better, man. I've been a lot better. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay, though. I would think uh, Chase's uh, depression would be a perfect segue into the first topic of the show, which would be conference title games. We will uh, save his depression for last, and we're going to start off with the Broncos and Patriots game. What do you think, man? Man, I... I which you predicted correctly. <coughs> yeah, uh, which I believe you owe me $20. I do, I do. Um, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of how I saw things going. I mean, Patriots historically uh, haven't played well in Mile High, um, and it's just a matchup thing. The Patriots are a better team than the Broncos, but matchup wise, uh, they just they just couldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, they couldn't do enough on offense uh, to to score on them, and then defensively. Um, or offensively for the Broncos. Broncos were able to do just enough to uh, to squeak out a victory, and it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know what I mean, at least regular regulation victory was kind of on the hinges of, you know what I mean, an elite, elite kicker, like, missing an extra point early. It's uh, early not the game. first time, I guess, this happened this postseason, uh, so fans of the Vikings would know. Um, but, yeah, I mean... The funny thing is that whole backing it up to making it a twenty a twenty one yard shot now is actually Bill Belichick who was kind of tired of he thought everything was too easy or that it was too easy for the kickers so it's kind of one of those uh, I guess some Patriot naysayers would call karmic uh, what would you call it karmic uh, karma working itself into reality I suppose um, but no uh, man what a I totally called that game wrong. Um, we all, I, we all knew how ferocious and vicious that that Broncos defense was. I just, I thought Brady, Brady and Bill would be ready for it. Um, I would have never, in a million years, thought Kubiak and Wade Phillips would outcoach Bill Belichick and uh, Greg da- or, and with Daniels as an yeah. offensive coordinator. I mean, absolutely insane. Uh, they had the entire team healthy, and just that offensive line could not hold Vaughn Miller to save their lives. I mean, not many people can, so it's not like we can shame these people. But totally thought if the game stayed within double digits or stayed that close that maybe Tom would work his magic. But once again, we're going to get – I mean, they somehow found a way to win on the heels of their defense. So congrats to them. I mean, Manning still looked – Pretty bad, with the exception of maybe that first series. Uh, first, we can break it down. First couple, first couple scores. Uh, he actually drives him down. Uh, who was it? Um, t- he throws it to the tight end. Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels. Yeah. There you go. Owen Daniels. Beautiful, beautiful move on that first drive uh, to score. Patriots look like they're uh, going to answer right away, and Tom Brady. I mean, they answer with an interception, and they get, they give uh, Manning like. 15 yards of field to work with and he scores within like two plays. And then after that, I think uh, they had what only eight first downs for the rest of the game. And yeah. I mean, basically, basically before the game, you heard from all the news pundits and, and I heard from, from Nigel for a week that, you know, I mean, one of these quarterbacks is older and surging and one of these colder quarterbacks is older and 
washed up. And if you watched the game with no prior knowledge, you would have thought Brady the other way around. You would have thought Brady was on his way out the door. The Brady and, of last and year. He's on his way uh, to a few more championships. So I think Manning stepped up. I think he is fully healthy now. Uh, he wasn't, you know, I mean, there's some there's some things that, you know, what I mean, his, his noodle arm kind of came out on. Um, but more kind of just how Peyton Man has been the last three years with he hasn't been able to throw the deep ball as well as he used to. Um, but it hasn't been as bad as it was earlier in this in the season. You know, what I mean, it wasn't as bad as it was in that that Chiefs game where he threw four interceptions like he was he was able to do a lot of things. Um, so it is a team that um, I think with his leadership and depending on how the defense does, um, does have a shot to, to do a little more. I mean, just to kind of for a little bit of context here, we're not really context, but comparison. Um, who would you, uh, whose final season would you rather have? Uh, what Manning is doing right now or Kobe? Oh, I mean, both, 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 histori- both historically bad. Uh, but I guess Manning is in the Super Bowl. He's in the big. Uh, right. And he had a, a, you know, I mean, he's not just along for the ride either. You know what I mean? Even, even when he was playing this year and playing quote unquote poorly, like his team was. Still what, winning seven and one, like eight and two, something like that. Yeah, like, and he won a playoff game or or two playoff games now. Like, you know what I mean? Him having a, a hor- horrendously bad season for Peyton Manning is still a quarterback that you'd, you know what I mean? You'd love to have on most teams around the league. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, call me crazy. It's just, it's just like it makes you think. Like, what would happen if they just let Brock play? I mean, Brock. I mean, whether people want to admit it or not, actually played. I mean, ASU alumni played, outplayed Manning this year pretty much entirely. I mean, I don't. I know John Elway. Sure, I mean, he probably doesn't want to, you know, lose the fan base, and you can't bench Manning. But could you imagine? I mean, they're already in the Super Bowl, so. But I mean, could you just imagine having a quarterback that could, you know, let it rip? Actually, not throwing. There's, I mean, there's the pros and cons to it, right? I mean, having Peyton Manning in the game is having an offensive coordinator on the field. You know what I mean? Peyton Manning's been there before. Um, I mean, he doesn't have the most illustrious postseason record, um, but he knows what he's out there to do. He knows how to pick apart a defense. He might not have the arm to do exactly what he wants at all times anymore, uh, but he can still go out there, and especially. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more, but like especially going against his own coverage, you know what I mean? In a couple weeks, yeah, he'll have that ability to go out there and pick it apart for what he wants to do. I mean, we we all know. I mean, Brady's curse a mile high and his ineptitude there. I saw very first play or very first Manning pass, wide open receiver, and he slings it four yards to the left of him, straight into the ground. I thought we were in for a long night, but. That defense, man, that defense is vicious. That I guess they say, I mean, defense does win championships, which we're going to get to in the next game, which is uh, your Cardinals, man. Uh, don't think I've seen you this sad in quite a while. I mean, I think we've all been, I've known you for, what, 15 years? Fucking longer than that. Even. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I've known you for almost <coughs> two decades. And, I, I mean, we've both been around each other with, Family deaths, animal deaths, and I don't think I've seen you this much. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I've definitely never drank this much in uh, in Over. agony before. Uh, man, it was just not even just, a game. It's right? just brutal. Like, 
I think people talk about how, like, oh, losing at the last second is way worse than getting blown out. And, like, those people are fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, at least if you lose the last second, like, you had hope for, like, a full game. Like, you, can, you can lie to yourself and be like, you know what, if we just kick that field goal here, we would have yeah. won. Like, the Patriots, they... Yeah, like, you beat yourself up about it, like, oh, we are one play away. You know what I mean? If, if he, you know what I mean, if... If Blair Walsh doesn't shake that kick, like if our, you know, what I mean, if if we would have found Gronkowski in the end zone, like we would have gone into overtime. Like if we, if Carson Palmer doesn't make that spin move and throw it to across his body, Larry Fitzgerald, like you know, what I mean, Aaron Rodgers can could have won us that game, or if that coin flipped the first time, or whatever bullshit you want to tell yourself. But watching that game, man, and. And in the first half, you know what I mean, there was that momentum, and it was good, it was okay, we were down by a bit, and then it was as soon as, for me, it was as soon as Peterson um, went on that running start, on that punt return, trying to make something happen, trying to force something, and fumbled it, and turned the ball over, and they scored on it, that was just when I feel like the, the air went out, you know what I mean, everyone was deflated, and it. Like, there's a couple more times where the Cardinals tried to surge back, but it was just it was just too little, too late, and it was, it was a really frustrating, painful game to watch. I mean, we did a uh, very first episode of this podcast. We kind of did, uh, excuse me, we did, um, you know, playoff predictions. For the most part, was completely off, but pretty happy to say that I was at least right about the whole uh, Panthers and Cam. I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I mean... As a Vikings fan, I mean, I I would have much rather them be there, but this is kind of the next best thing. I mean, we're watching, in my opinion, a guy kind of revolutionizing the position. It's what he finished with, like fifty. I think he's fifty three touchdown combined touchdowns now for the season Something going like into that, the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, they, I mean, we talked about the biggest, my biggest like fear. I thought if the Cardinals were going to win, was that Bruce was going to out coach Rivera and Rivera was going to get a lead and go do his whole stupid play super conservative. He actually looked like Bruce out there yesterday. That's what shocked me more than anything. I think one, I mean, Carson, I, I totally buy into the whole finger injury. I mean, mm-hmm. finger looked like a raw hot dog that, I mean, he tried to cook in a microwave and exploded. I, I thought I mean, on his throwing hand at that, I just, my thing was, is just seeing Bruce kind of, I mean, what second, Series of the he tries that reverse with Larry. Larry's smart though, and Larry saves it and saves it a twenty yard sack. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what would be I guess your biggest disappointment coming out of this game? I mean, I mean, a lot of it is just, uh, and, and and Bruce Arians said it in his post game interview. It was not only did we not show up and play, it was our our best players, our team leaders, like. Drop the ball, and I mean that in a literal sense. Like, I mean, fighting on. You saw that. Who is it? Uh, Clay's Campbell. Yeah, I don't even know the name. Escapes my head right now. Yeah, so you arguing had, on. Yeah, guys fighting on the sideline. You had you had Larry Fitzgerald drop two passes. Um, you know, I mean, you had Carson Palmer making the boneheaded throws. Uh, you know, I mean, you have you have Patrick Peterson like. You know what I mean? Giving up the big play to, to Ginn and then also, like, fumbling in that, that moment of momentum. And it was just, like, so many times that we needed these veteran leaders to to step up and do something. And they did just the opposite. Because that game was never really out of hand until the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? That was in striking distance, like, throughout three quarters. 
but it was just a matter of everything needed to go perfectly, and, you know what I mean, the Cardinals did the opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was weird, too. I mean, we were talking about on the way here, score was 17-0, and I know Panther fans probably felt real good. I mean, I know I didn't. I mean, I'm not a Panthers fan, but I didn't think the game was over at all. I mean, when you go off the first three, four series, and Palmer lets it rip, and these are throws that are six inches off. Two feet off. Yeah, like, just a, the receiver's just a couple steps behind. On I mean, what shocked me is that he quit going to it, especially, I mean, they were already down. Nelson was, I mean, he opened the first two series and was just murdering Norman. Yeah. Um, I think everybody was focused on Fitz. I mean, I think they did a great job on Fitz. They made a big deal. I mean, he had a couple drops yesterday, too, which is kind of weird. We were, I mean, the big infographic was going everywhere, which I had no idea. I mean, the guy had a total of... Like twenty-five in his career. <laughs> in his eighty yeah. year career, yeah. And I guess it's just one of I guess every everything that could have went wrong went wrong. But no, I mean that said, I mean, we got to see the league MVP go against one of the top, what, maybe three, five defenses in the league, and guy was a star. I mean, it wasn't I mean you you can argue, I mean, he still has a great defense, and the defense played extremely well. But I mean I Cam finally was put in a spotlight game. And to me, showed out. I loved it. Um, I mean, we'll go on. I mean, what do you think? Uh, or, I mean, I don't know if you saw Honey Badger today. I mean, they talked to him about free agency. I mean, he's not a free agent. So, has a, one more year. Yeah, he says one more year. But he's already said that he, he wants to be an Arizona Cardinal for, for life, life. Which, which I mean, I don't. I, it's awesome to see loyalty. I mean, kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. We I mean, all. I mean, you hear that from a lot of play. You know, I mean, Darnold Doggett wanted to be a Cardinal for life, and then you know, I mean, ended up on the 49ers because he didn't get the contract he wanted. But I, I, I think genuinely, I think, I mean, the Cardinals stepped out and they gave Honey Badger, you know, what I mean, a chance. They gave him a shot. They yeah, they got the guy here. in the third they, round. They gave him all the love that he deserved. You know, what I mean, gave him a nurturing environment. Um, I mean, as far as what he deserves, like he deserves to be made. One of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, safeties. In oh yeah, the league a rumor. I mean, sources year. are already saying he's going to be well paid. Well, the yeah. highest. So he I'm, still should. I'm hoping because I mean because of the two knee injuries, I'm hoping that he settles more for longevity and, and guaranteed money. Um, just so we, you know what I mean. Like you don't want to financially cripple. I, I mean, I don't want the Cardinals to be financially crippled on one player, but yeah. I also don't. Yeah, but we'll be on two. You know what I mean? Him and Patrick Peterson. Yeah. You have a, a corner and a safety taking up most of your team's budget. And then, you know what I mean, Fitzgerald still has a pretty loaded contract. Um, you know what I mean? What do you what do you do when you want to bring in more skills players? Or, you know what I mean, there's so much, there's so many, there's linebackers that need to be brought in. There's D-linemen. Campbell's almost, you know what I mean, a couple years, three years maybe out yeah, before I mean, what, he's done. He's what, see, this was season nine for Campbell. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. If, if, if he means that, I'm excited that, that he wants to do that. And I feel like the the Bidwells will do and Kime will do whatever it takes to make him just that because he is that kind of player. Like hopefully this, you know, I mean, him being kind of made out of glass so far. Is yeah, I mean, that, that goes yeah, away, no, I mean, but. Cam, not Cam. Uh, Kime already came out and he was like, "This loss does nothing but fuel me." Right. And he's probably going to win Executive of the Year again. I mean, the guy is the best GM in sports. Period. And I take that back. I mean, as great as Cam looked, and I mean, he's already MVP. He's probably going to be. He's probably going to win the Super Bowl. My biggest takeaway from this is that Cardinals fans relax. Uh, we've already seen cut Palmer blow up the defense. I mean, it's just it's one game. I I understand it didn't go. 
you're the way you wanted it, but I mean, not very many times, especially when you make it to an AFC Championship game, is a team going to beat you on all three aspects of the field? Right. I mean, you guys, are, this is still easily the most stacked roster this franchise has ever had. One of the most stacked in NFL hit. I mean, recent memory. Uh, big thing. I, I mean, though, like we just mentioned, Kime. One, don't panic. And Kime, he's got a lot of work to do this offseason. A lot of players going to be needing money, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Um, do not panic. It's not the time to panic. I mean, get your uh, your drunk on and be sad for a little <laughs> bit. But I mean, you guys are you guys are going to be here for the next five six years. I mean, Hopefully. at least. I mean, it will be dependent on how the quarterback transition goes. I mean, do we have an heir apparent for? Carson Palmer, like, I mean, short I mean, answer, no, but, you know what I mean? Because like, this puts it him at what now? Uh, 28 or 29 in the draft? Uh, let's see. So, Patriots don't have a draft pick. Uh, Super Bowl winner will be 31, 30. Yeah, so we'll be 20, 29th, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, 29th. I mean, where do you where do you want them to go as a fan? Um, you I mean, want that heir apparent quarterback? I mean, you got no. You don't want that in the first round. There's not a quarterback worth taking in the first round, even at the top of the first round. Even that, I mean, we got Cal. We got another possible Aaron Rodgers situation coming out of Cal. Yeah, I mean, but Goff will be gone by pick three because. Oh, do you really, you think he? Oh uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he makes it past Cleveland. Um, but no, I, I think um, more than anything, immediate need is. Um, if we're leaving Buchanan at linebacker, then you know what I mean. Uh, you know, a big a big safety needs to be added to go along with Matthew. Uh, Matthew. Um, if you're gonna put Buchanan back, then you need a linebacker, and then there needs to be um, you know what I mean. A few edge rushers, some some people that can put pressure on the quarterback because we don't we don't have that right now. We need like an entire D line. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that it kind of can address a lot of that in free agency, and then once he addresses that, we'll kind of know where you need to where we need we to got, go. We next. got a, a lot of big names too coming out on the defensive side of the ball this year. Um, Miller, right? Will Von, be up. Von Miller, though I don't I don't think he'll make it past a franchise tag. Yeah. Um, though I mean Denver is pretty stacked and young at that position, so maybe they don't want to pay him. I don't, I don't know what they'll. Yeah, want to it's do. not it's not that big of a drop to go from an all pro to probably. A potential all pro right, player. Right, right. No, I mean, that being said, we will go on to the game that is coming up in two weeks, uh, Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara, correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, Santa, Santa Clara, which is what, a couple hours away from here? Six, yeah, six, eight hours from yeah. here. A lot of Cardinal fans were hoping it was going to be a mini trip, but uh, unfortunately that will not be happening. But that being said, we got the Broncos. I mean, we haven't seen this in 14 years, I believe. Uh, both number one seeds. In the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, we'll start off. Chase uh, Broncos Panthers. Who do you got? I don't know, man. Like I honestly don't fucking care at this point. <laughs> if I'm being a hundred percent honest, the commercials, um, man. The commercials. <laughs> yeah, man. I got the commercial. Even though, man, the commercials have been shit like the last decade. I feel like, um, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, like part of me feels like this is a repeat of the the Broncos like Seattle situation of a few years back. Um, you know what I mean? A, a team with a good defense and an offense and a mobile quarterback. Like, I could see it getting out of hand. At the same time, I don't think the Panthers' defense is as good as it's been talked up to be. I think it's definitely a Panthers have a beatable defense. So, I I I think it comes down to 
what that high octane offense can do against Denver's shutdown defense. Punch you in the mouth defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, those guys are going to be coming after Cam. One thing I know about Cam is he is breakable. Like, you've seen him, you know what I mean, take hits and come off limping off the field and be out for a few series. Um, I can see Cam taking a lump in this game, taking a few lumps in this game, and then just kind of not being Cam. Because yeah. Cam, Cam is, is an athlete, and he's the kind of guy that, you know I mean, when he's doing something, he's doing it with no fear. I feel like Denver gives Cam – Fear at some point it might not be initially at the start of the game, but he's gonna take a hit. It might not be a legal hit, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, someone on Denver is going to take a chance and give him the hit of the century, and then it, then that's when the game is gonna start. Yeah, no, I mean, my my thing is, I mean, you gotta remember too. Uh, I mean, usually uh, you got a big, you got somebody plowing into a quarterback, it equals death. I mean, hate to keep blowing the cam horn, but, I mean, the man is bigger than most of these defensive players. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, he usually gets hit. He'll lump off for a little and shake it off and come back and leap 18 yards into the end zone. But, no, uh, I think I, I actually think this is going to be an exact repeat of week 40. I mean, a Super Bowl 48 might even be worse. Uh, Manning is not Manning from that year, from the two or uh, two years ago. Defense is a little better, but, I mean, this – I think this Panthers team is kind of sold. I mean, sold me at least. I think a lot of America, it's it's the most complete team I think in the league. I mean, I think they deserve to be there. I mean, I think the top four teams were playing in the uh, in the conference games, and I think uh, I mean I picked the Patriots, but I mean that defense I think just catapults that Broncos team into another stratosphere. So, um, but no, I mean I I see it getting out of hand. I mean, just like that, just like this Cardinals and Panthers game, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the score was similar. Um, at least the thing is with, when this happens, I mean, at least even with a busted finger, Carson could still launch the ball down the field and, you know, may try to make something happen. This happens. Manning has no, I don't think Manning has any prayer in the world unless this man is going to, unless he has some of his, uh, or not his, but his wife's (laughs) HGH coming up and trying to heal that, uh, heal that ached and aged body. I mean. Yeah, so for, for me, this is kind of how I'm looking at it, like, uh, like across the board, right? So, um, I don't, I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but not better quarterback, but better passer. Tom Brady or Cam Newton? Who's a better passer? A passer, um, I would say, arm strength and all that. Cam, but better passer, more accurate, definitely. Tom. Right. Who can pick apart a defense? Oh, better? I, I would say Tom. Yeah. Tom Brady, right? So you have Tom Brady that can pick apart a defense better. Um, skills players like like outside of running back, like your receivers and tight end core. Who has who's better? The Patriots with Edelman, Amendola, and Gronk, or the Panthers with Ginn and Olsen and uh Kotri. On 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 paper, I mean I think most would say the Patriots, but I mean you gotta look at the numbers this year. Five hundred and eighty two points that the Panthers put up this year. It's like the second highest. Yeah, the, the Patriots are either the first or the no, third Bron- highest. Bron- no, 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 I'm saying Broncos finished. I mean, not the Broncos. Uh, Panthers finished first this year with like 582 points right. up until. I mean, I understand they don't. They may not. That's the thing that I've respected and loved so much about the season from Cam is that the guy doesn't have the people on paper. Right. But he's turned. He's turned Ted fucking Ginn like into a, a legit player. I mean, yeah. Well, it's basically, I mean, he allows Ted Ginn to, to catch a ball in space and, and be a punt returner. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But uh, I mean, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, I I think that the Patriots have a more explosive offense with a quarterback that is more precise, and the the Broncos were able to shut that down. Um, as far as a running game is concerned, like with that front seven that Denver has, Cam would be foolish to try and run it up the gut because he's gonna get fucking murdered. Like you know what I mean? Their their running game is going to be key for them, and I don't know if they can develop the running game to do things. Now, I mean, the Panthers are known for big plays, and that could be a big thing, but Denver's also known for not giving up big Those plays. Those big plays, that's yeah, going to be who break, who bends the most and then right. eventually breaks. Denver's been there, man. Like, Denver's been there recently, has the experience. I, I, think, they, I think they win this game. I think it's a close game. Um, I'm gonna say 24-17. I think Denver. 24-17 yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I already made it clear. I mean, I, I'm going with the Panthers here. I'm, I'm thinking what you got. You go 38-17. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. It's just gonna be a lot of garbage time points for Manning. We'll get to see the sheriff walk out. I mean, the man is still cemented in the Hall of Fame. Most would argue, best regular season QB ever. Um, nothing's going to be taken from his legacy with this, but I mean, I think Cam just starts this whole revolution with this new type of quarterback that we're going to start seeing. It's just, I hate the, I hate the term. It just seems like a destiny team, you know, yeah. like it's just, everything's clicking at the right point. I mean, at the right time, it's like the two championships that the, uh, Des- Giants won destiny versus dynasty. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. Like, it's like the two, the two teams that the, the Giants won with, like they weren't the best team necessarily mm-hmm. on paper. They right. just clicked at the right time. And it's just, these guys just seem so loose on the field. It just, that that's where I'm at. I, I really feel like this Panthers team is a better team than the Broncos. However, like I just feel like matchup wise, you got to put Manning Broncos, out on top. Yeah. The, well, just matchup wise. I feel like the Broncos just have like, Exactly what it takes to beat like this Panthers team. You, so we will we'll find out in two weeks, man. I, yeah. I'm I'm excited, man. I I will actually get to sit down at home and and watch <laughs> for the literally maybe since the 08 season. I think the oh shit just working. What I mean, I've never. I mean, it's hard. I work retail for those that don't know. Uh, it's kind of hard to get Super Bowl Sunday off. I mean, it's first time in in quite some time. So I'm excited just for Are that. You watching at home. I probably will, yeah. Oh, okay. Probably just make a lot of junk food and eat myself into a coma and you watch over at uh, the Cox House. Oh, that, that may be something that needs to happen. Yeah, man. Maybe fun. Maybe fun. Um. All right, moving on. You excited for the Pro Bowl? Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever really excited for the Pro Bowl. And that's for that conversation. Answer. <laughs> Nobody is excited for the Pro Bowl. <coughs> all right. No. Speaking. Oh, I mean, the big thing. My favorite thing about Cam and him being in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to help segue into the next section is that we're going to get to see like I think I saw someone on Twitter um, by the uh, username Al Patron uh, pretty much said it best that this is the uh, Black Lives Matter QB versus the All Lives Matter QB. Uh, I mean, I when you look at these open, like, I just love the like I said, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan. I love them. I've loved them forever. But there's something about a figure, especially a sports um, superstar figure that just pisses everyone off for reasons that, like, for at least me, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can help explain when you have parents writing uh, open letters to, to to their fucking newspaper that Cam Dabbing is 
harming their children's development and Cam handing a ball off. I mean, I I just want to see so many closeted races, like people that are upset that a black man is fucking dancing and handing balls and smiling in a football game. Like, that's my favorite aspect. Yeah. No, but (laughs) we we bring that up because, uh, I mean, I would hope you all know all of us are Phoenix natives and I live in Buckeye now, but I mean, Phoenix is pretty much, I count everything as Phoenix. Um, you want to tell us about the situation that happened? Yeah, man. So, so first, when I saw it, I just saw. So, I saw the picture of these these uh, six girls with uh, shirts that spelled out the word uh, ginger, uh, <laughs> rearranged a little bit. Um, yeah. So the 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 N N I star star E R. Um, and I saw it, and I was like, "Geez, man! Like this really this is really still fucking happening." And then later on that day, I realized that it was girls from Desert Vista High School in Ahwatukee. And I was like, great. Like, you know Good old like, Arizona. Right, yeah. The fucking home of Fuck Martin Luther King Day. Like, we were able to, like, let Florida be that, that shitty state for so long. You know what I mean? People were starting to forget about SB 1070. And these fucking girls come out and, like, have to ruin everything yeah, for gotta, our state well, once we, again. We got to have a mosque uh, badgering. And, you know, we... Right. As most, we'll get into it a little later. We're pretty, I would like to think, on the left of things, yeah. uh, which makes it fun to live in this uh, wonderful conservative state we call Arizona. But no, uh, yeah, these. So basically, we had uh, we had the senior class Desert Vista, um, and they came out uh, with their T-shirts, um, their senior T-shirts, and it spelled out. Best you've ever seen, class of 2016. So instead of spaces, there was a girl or a person with a uh, a star on an their asterisk. t-shirt, an asterisk on their t-shirt to to signify these spaces. So after um, after the the picture took place, uh, these girls teamed up, um, thinking that they would be make a cool uh, social media picture, um, and they had a girl with an N t-shirt. Uh, the two girls with star t-shirts, an E t-shirt, an R t-shirt, and they didn't have an I anywhere in uh, Best You've Ever Seen, Class of 2016. So they took the girl with the one t-shirt and threw her in there to replace it. So they stand next to each other, N1 star star ER, um, with the biggest fucking shit-eating grins on their faces, like so content with what they had just done. And it's it's just it's just fucking deplorable that it's still you know I mean that's still like so prevalent and so like outwardly funny with with a word that has so much hate behind it. I mean, I I understand me. I mean, my I my views with the word. I think it shouldn't be used at all, just off the history of what the word is. But I totally respect the people's you know desire to kind of make it something different and make it their own. Totally fine. I totally get the uh, the power in that, but I think this is kind of the result of what happens with that. I mean, I I think I don't think necessarily that these girls are you know maybe racist. They just probably think that it's okay to make a joke out of something like that when it's totally not. I mean, they think that it's acceptable. I mean, they were what my I think the biggest thing is that. Not only were they able to do this, and I mean, they're going to get all, I mean, there's this viral thing with it now, but 
they are pretty much slapped on the wrist and it's what, five days? Five days suspensions. Yeah, I was reading uh, tweets from other people that went to the school and it was like a girl that had was tardy for 20 days and she was suspended. Uh, she got five days suspension for being tardy and she's like, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, I'm glad that racism is punished in the same way that uh, promptness is or you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just delinquency like, is the yeah, equivalent of it's uh, just racial you know, ep- racial epithets. Right. <laughs> like I'm not saying that these girls need to be expelled or you know what I mean? Something like that. I think because I think expelling them and taking away their graduation would lead to kind of inner resentment toward the black community, like for forever. You know what I mean? But these yeah. girls definitely need some sort of sensitivity training. They need you know what a, I mean? a wake up call. Yeah, like, a wake up call. Like why this word you know what I mean what this where this word comes from because I see it man I see it on Twitter and it's like I feel like the old man like shaking my fist but you know what I mean the the white folk that are you know I'm 26 white folk that are like four or five years younger than me throw throw that word around like it's freely. not yeah yeah that won't, I'm like we're uh newsflash none of us are black yeah but I hear the word I get a little uncomfortable like yeah. and especially oh man like we're, we're talking about White people and white people, I mean, are using it, but like in Phoenix, man, the Latino community has like completely taken that word and I think like it's Latino percent. Compl- like, I mean, entirely okay with it, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, what is your problem? Yeah, like, and I, I don't get it. I know maybe we're not allowed to, you know, speak maybe from this podium, but I mean, I know I it totally just kind of like when I hear it. I mean, I hear the word, no matter who's saying it, it's kind of like it's not. I don't think that I. I'm more woke or anything like that. I just think that the word, I mean, it just has such a horrible, like horrible, horrible meaning in history. I mean, the history behind it is, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's used while someone was being beat. Punished. While they were being lynched. It was used while they were being burned. It was used by, yeah, while they're being sold, while, while they're being chained, like, this There's is like so much hate behind. It, it's kind of like the swastika when people are like, "Hey, this actually the original meaning is a peace symbol, so we're gonna make it a peace symbol again." Like, I think some things, unfortunately, are not re- redeemable. Right now, now, like from that standpoint, kind of what you were saying, like, like I have no right to 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 say like, "Oh, I don't think the black community should use it." Yeah, like, I have no right to say that. Same way, I have no right to tell a woman like you shouldn't have an abortion, like. You know what I mean? Like that's your, that's Prerogative. your, yeah, it's, it's your life. It's, it's you. And for some people like, man, it's powerful to reclaim a word. Which I was I totally yeah. understand and, and respect. And, and I'll never, I'll never grasp that concept. Like personally, because I'm fucking white. Like <laughs> what, what can you call me? You I mean, you can call me a cracker and it's like, okay, that's a, don't you know that that's, that's the equivalent of the word? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and all a cracker was, was the person that whipped black people. Like, so you're going to call me a slur based on like you know what I mean a power position that my ancestors had like that's not that's not hurtful like it's embarrassing I guess but like you know I mean you call me a honky but like that's just a funny word like there, there's no there's nothing you can call me that that has that kind of hatred behind it that kind of history behind it um so I'll never understand like taking back a word in that way but I imagine that it it, it can be powerful and, you know what I mean, if you're a white person that's upset that people of color are reclaiming a word, you're upset that you can't use it, like, take a look in the mirror and, like, realize, well, you I mean, why are you upset that you can't use it? Like, why, why you, do you need yeah. to use that word Why are you such so a piece badly? of shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yeah, after you're looking in the mirror, yeah. like, kindly go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? My, my thing is, I mean, I now I think about it a little more. The biggest thing is that you go on these girls' social media uh, profiles and stuff, and they're all either friends with black people, dating black Dating black kid. people. I think, like, all six, at least four of the six of them, like, are, are dating black black people or have, like, some sort of, like, intimate relationships with, with black men. And, like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of at a loss when it comes to that, man. It's just... I think, man, my thing is people, I mean, I understand that a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's only the power. The word only has the power that we give to it. Some things, like I said, I just think there are some things that just are not redeemable. Absolutely. And this is where, like, the fact that there's people out there saying, like, we're overreacting and it's not that big of a deal is exactly why we need a movement like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. It's exactly why it's like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just a joke. You're taking it too seriously. Like, no, some things aren't a joke. And, like, maybe there's nothing in, you know what I mean? There's nothing in the white community that that compares to it. So you, you maybe know, you just I, can't I knew, understand. Yeah, I knew a black guy in the second grade. I, I, <laughs> right. can, I can say that word, that word is every every much as mine is, is theirs. Right. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But that that's, for me, that's exactly what it is. It, this, this is just another... You know what I mean? Along with the fucking people being murdered and along with the people getting shitty educations. Like, this is another thing that shows you, like, Black Lives Matter and we need to do something about it until, you know what I mean? Until this word isn't a fucking joke anymore. Until it's not, like, a a funny picture that we can smile deeply and, and say. Like, I mean, at least I give them props for being overt about it. Like... I'm so used to thinly veiled racism that like seeing overt racism like kind of like throws oh. me off. Yeah, I'm so used to uh, I mean, people being called thugs or uh, yeah, thugs. The new yeah, thug is the word. I, yeah, I guess they got tired of people calling them out for using thug, and they just yeah, went right back oh, to the I word. <laughs> I mean, not it's not necessarily the word. It was I mean, N one star star E R could mean yeah. could mean anything, right? Oh man, yeah. I mean, we mentioned a little earlier. I mean, like I said, Chase and I kind of. For the most part, I think we go to the left of the aisle when it comes to a lot of these issues. Um, haven't really talked too much about politics on the uh, podcast, but today was, I think, a perfect day more than other. I mean, any other than any other. We had the uh, Democratic Town Hall in uh, Iowa today with uh, Democratic presidential candidates Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator or not even Senator um, Secretary yeah. Hillary Clinton, and then uh, Mayor. O'Malley, yeah. O'Malley, yeah. Uh, buff man, O'Malley. <laughs> hey, he, he got right down to business and took his shirt off. Yeah. But no, uh, so, like I said, we go to the left of the aisle, and this is something we haven't really talked about on the podcast, so I thought it'd be a nice, you know, change of pace. Um, big thing, uh, it was a two-hour town hall with uh, questions being fielded by those that were attending Drake University, with the exception of a couple questions. I think they had the... Uh, chapter leader of the NAACP there mm-hmm. um couple other veterans that want to former politicians yeah so chase uh takeaways man man it, everyone really brought their their a game tonight like it seemed like everyone just kind of uh dropped into their comfort zone you know what i mean like you had you had bernie that was ta- talking mostly about uh domestic policy and about um equality and about like and he took every chance that he could to talk about the billionaire class and how he's going to tax it um and then on the flip side you had hillary um talking fiercely about foreign policy and her experience with it and how foreign policy is um 
mostly what being a president consists about, of. And she in has that experience. Um, so it was nice to see kind of, and then, I mean, you had O'Malley and like, I don't want to downplay O'Malley, but like, you know what I mean? The dude's so far behind at this point. You know I mean, I understand like Bernie Sanders was super far, far behind at one point too, but we're, we're, we're what a couple weeks from the first yeah, primary. Yeah, next, yeah, next week. Yeah. Next week is, is the, the first caucuses. And then a few weeks away from that is super Tuesday. Um, so I mean, if he's not winning now, like, you know I mean, he's, he's not gonna, He's not going to pick up that much steam this quickly. I, I will give, I mean, this to O'Malley. Wasn't really a fan. I wasn't in my on my radar at all. This is probably the best I've seen him perform uh, with these debates and town hall uh, little formats that they've been having. Guy, I think the guy is totally setting himself up, though, for a deeper career in politics. Uh, totally shocked me today. He's still pretty young, right? Like, yeah. Or he's, at least he's a little young. He looks young. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, what do you, once again, uh, we'll get off our little uh, man crushes on uh, O'Malley. No, uh, big thing um, I took away, I pretty much, I mean, I don't really like to tell people who I'm voting for. I mean, you'll eventually find out, I guess, when it comes down to two people. Uh, But I think right now, I mean, I'm leaning towards Sanders. I totally, I think you and I were kind of talking about this whole Hillary machine and kind of feels forced and entitled. I think that's kind of starting to show with these questions. Uh, I think Hillary had the easiest of the three, a lot more open-ended, allowed her to kind of say what she wanted to say rather than answer an attack. I mean, we're starting to see Sanders. A lot of people want to know, hey, how are you going to pay for all this? Hey, we want to be, you want to be like the developed European countries. You want to have free college, free healthcare, tax the rich. I mean, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? I mean, he was asked maybe four times the exact same question on how I love though. I mean, the man stood his ground. The man is a career politician, and a lot of people think that's kind of a taboo word, but the man is a career politician that's had, I think, awesome values. I mean, he's done some beautiful, awesome things for the people of this country, let alone Vermont. Um, But I mean, my favorite thing I think I took away from this whole Sanders thing was the lady stepped up and was like, well, how do you feel about you being labeled as a socialist? And not only that not being troubled by it, but embracing it. And how do you want to make us Americans feel safe that you're not going to steer us in the wrong direction as a socialist? And I love that his answer was, well, I don't see myself as a socialist. I see myself as a democratic socialist. And then proceeded to say, hey, a democratic socialist is somebody that believes in a, let's see, he believes in economic security. And then that economic security, meaning that you're not going to see this $200 trillion wealth gap grow that we saw that we've seen since the last few decades you don't want to see the rich not only get richer it's 12 people that have more wealth than half of the united states i mean i understand that we're a capitalist country we're founded a lot on some on capitalist ideas and i mean laissez-faire this this and that but i don't see how it's morally responsible let alone on a societal level to allow you know that that type of divide, and, and, and that's the thing with with Bernie Sanders is he's not, I don't, he's not anti-capitalism, right? Like he still wants people to be put in a position where they can make money and, and they be billionaire, can, yeah, yeah. And they can make it there. It's just like once they're there, they need to give back. You know what I mean? They can't be jumping through those loopholes. But kind of a, a, a quote that stood out to me, um, to what you were saying, um, he said he said uh, we need a political revolution. 
Uh, we're touching a nerve with American people who understand that establishment politics is just not good enough. Um, and then he kind of went on to talk about how him versus Hillary Clinton. He said, uh, I voted against the war in Iraq. Hillary Clinton voted for the war in Iraq. I led the effort against Wall Street regulation where Hillary Clinton was on the other side of the issue. And, and is now being you know funded by those same people. Right. Right, and he says, on, one day, on day one, I said the Keystone Pipeline was a dumb idea. Dumb was actually the one. Right, yeah. yeah. So why did it take Hillary so long, such a long time before she came in, in opposition to it? He says, I don't have to think hard about opposing the Trans-Pacific Partnership. It took Hillary a long time to come on board for that. So I love how, how, how first off, like how above the board everyone has been. You know what I mean? He didn't attack Hillary personally. He didn't say Hillary was dumb. He didn't say she's a bad leader. She's only got 2% of the vote. I got 38, yeah. Right. He said, this is how we defer. Like, we agree on a lot of things. And, like, I mean, he's not even saying, like, she completely disagrees. These are all things that she disagreed on, and now she's on the same page with him. But he's asking why. Why why isn't this how she thought? And showing his consistency. Right. He's showing his consistency. Man, he's been in politics for so long and so consistent. So I I thought he did a really good job about... Um, like you were saying, unapologetically talking about what he was going to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to raise taxes and I'm going to make sure everyone has, you know what I mean, Medicare. And I'm going to make sure that people are paying what they need to pay. Um, so I love how he's he's just – Bernie Sanders is so unapologetically um, Bernie Sanders. But I, I also thought this is the first time I've been kind of – like every time I see Hillary Clinton and kind of just like – get really like turned off and not just like in a sexual way. Like I get turned off like politically by like some of the things she says and like how she talks. Like she just seems disingenuine. Yeah. Like today she seemed like the most genuine I, I've seen her. Like uh, I she's think talking she... about how like she was praised by Obama um, and how that really touched her. And then she kind of just went into, I, I remember the first question she got asked was like about, um, how young people think she's dishonest and how, um, you know, I mean, Bernie's getting that, that young vote. And she said like, don't get discouraged. It's hard. If it were easy, there wouldn't be a contest, but it's not easy. They're very different visions, different values, different forces at work. And you have to have somebody who is a proven fighter. Somebody has taken them on and won and kept going. And I will do that as president. And that really is what Hillary has going for her. Like as much hope as Bernie Sanders brings, Hillary has done it. She's been at yeah. the table. She's she's done. She is a proven leader. And like as mu- as disingenuous as you think she is, like as as much as you don't want that like oligarchy or whatever. Yeah, no. She has been there. I mean, spoiler. I mean, pretty much. I think Chase and I kind of are pro Sanders at this point when it comes between the two of them. It's not. I don't want anyone saying, "Oh, it's women." This I personally. If Warren were to throw her hat in the mm. day before, love me some Elizabeth. Yeah, Miss Warren, you would have my vote, Miss Warren. If you were, happen to be hearing this or one of your uh, lowly interns, <laughs> uh, let her know, please run. But no, um, I was really impressed with. Uh, I, I mean, we'll get a little more into detail. Actually, it's actually my biggest compliment for O'Malley as well. I kind of like that Hillary was starting to be like, you know what? I accomplished this with Obama. I we she's like starting to say, hey. All these Al-Qaeda members, we've wiped these people out, this, this, and this. Um, What I really, really liked, though, about that was that Bernie Sanders, right before she came on, had said, yes, I already know that Hillary's going to talk about how she was secretary, how they got bin Laden, how 
She's made these decisions, this decisions when it comes to foreign policy. And experience is crucial when it comes to leadership. But what's more important than experience is judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love about yeah, that was a good Sanders. Part. Yeah. yeah, I understand. I mean, his thing is we're not looking for evolution, though evolution is good when it comes to political um, ideologies. I don't think you should be stagnant on. You shouldn't stick to the same mindset for 30 years if it's not a morally justified one. So when he's saying, hey, I've I've been saying this since 1988 that. 30 million Americans not having health care is unacceptable. Yeah, shit, I wasn't even born in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah. like, uh, not being able to afford school. I mean, we had a poll come out, and it's the average American youth gets themselves into debt before they're 30. And newsflash, it's not credit cards because of student loan debts. And they're getting these credit cards because they can't afford to live off of these ridiculous... I mean, yeah, I mean, just, we all have fucking Sally Mae, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sending us booty calls. And you don't, I mean, you don't yeah. get to, you don't get to run away from that. You don't get to follow. I mean, they follow you. I was reading a Vice, a uh, great website, by the way. They had an article up where a lady was so underwater on her, I mean, under the water on her payments that she literally flew the country so they could not find her mm-hmm. and like just kind of started literally from scratch in Europe. Like, what does that say about not only our education system, but the way that we view the most powerful parts of our country, the, the youth, that we're going to force them out of the country because and then because they can't afford to pay for school? And that's something I love that Bernie said was that, you know, I mean, we have free education here in America, a free right to to a right to a free education. And that used to mean, you know, I mean, K through 12. And, and that makes sense. But we live in an era now, a world now, where a high school diploma doesn't mean what it used to yeah, be. It, like a high school diploma or a, a bachelor degree now is what a high school diploma was twenty years which ago. Which is insane, right? Yeah, like you need you need a, a bachelor degree to get to, an entry level to work at work fast foods. Yeah, right. like yeah, if you want if you want to be anything more than you know, maybe a shift manager. Um, it's so hard to, to do anything without a bachelor's degree these days. And, and people don't even give a shit. Like, if it's in the same field, they just want to know that you completed four years. So if you can't get a job without completing those four years, how can you how can you charge somebody an arm and a leg to, to pay for that? You know what I mean? You can't get a job until you finish college. And you can't make money until you get a job. But you can't get into college until you make money. And it's this vicious cycle that, you know what I mean, disheartens people and... You know what I mean? They, they either turn to other sources or they take out these fat loans that they pay back for the next, you know what I mean, rest of their rest of their life. I, I do like um, O'Malley was the only candidate, uh, which is really su- or I, mean, I was really surprised because Bernie Sanders actually hired one of the Black Lives Matter moving people to be part of his, his street team. And I was really shocked that O'Malley um, from uh, Baltimore or I mean, Maryland um was the only one that really talked about Black Lives Matter, about how when he was when he was in charge, that he, when he took over the the most violent and uh, addictive years in the city had ever seen, when he took over, it went down. He restored voting rights for those that probably shouldn't have had him taken away from when they were low level drug offenders. He de- uh, decriminalized marijuana. Um, see, uh, lowest cop shootings during his era. I, I really like that he kind of, he was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to compete with these guys on this higher level, but maybe I take a page for better or for worse out of the, the GOP's um, 
the GOP's book where they're talking about carpet bombing and making America great again. He's talking about, hey, this is what I did in a, a struggling American city and try to help it. I mean, it's had its issues with the whole Freddie Gray thing. and But I I love that the fact that this guy's kind of been vocal about, hey, <coughs> I, I started to do this and I want to do this on a national level. There's right. a lot of things that need to be healed here. Well, a lot of it, too, is he's he's been consistently asked about, like, not caring about black people. Exactly. Because yeah. he, he was is from Maryland. A, a white face, you know what I mean, that, that ran... Baltimore, like when there was, you know, I mean, what do you say, like 300 uh, black male youth, like being buried every year due to, you know, what I mean, the, the drug activity that was that was happening. And if you haven't fucking watched The Wire, like watch The Wire, it's basically like the story of it, no, it, it's, Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really, yeah, it's actually yeah. <laughs> based on these people. Yeah, there's yeah. not, it's not a joke. Yeah, it's what, that's what's insane. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I like too, you mentioned it, uh, Hillary Clinton and a lot of people being afraid of the Clinton name, this oligarchy, oligarchy, um, that he said he had a statement right before he finished. It was that new names for change, not old ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that a lot. I mean, I understand. I mean, he made the point that Sanders has been here for 30 years. I mean, he hasn't been in power like this, but I like to see new faces. I mean, I understand that some people think that Hillary means Bill again, and it's not true. For I mean, oh, she's not. her own person. I mean, she has some. There's a reason that she's at this spot. She's not at this spot because she was Bill Clinton's side candy. I mean, you know, arm no, candy or anything. Yet. They're they're definitely. I mean, they're completely a politically arranged marriage. Like you know what I mean. Like I think they appreciate each other. I think they love each other in a certain way. I don't know that it's necessarily like a romantic love between the two of them. <laughs> but you know what I mean. They're there for political convenience. Like. They're there because Bill Clinton couldn't keep, you know, I mean, couldn't stop himself from putting his wiener into all these different women, and he, he needed he somebody every sh- level of government, right? And he needs somebody strong next to him to show, like, no, I can be committed. So, you know, I mean, that helps him win a presidency. Um, but yeah, I mean, after tonight, like before the debates happened or before the town hall happened, I was kind of talking to Nigel, like, oh man, like if Hillary wins, like the Democratic nod, like. I don't know if I would want to vote for her, like, you know what I mean? But after tonight, like, I'm, I'm starting to lean back. Not, like, that I would want her to win, because I'm, I'm still feeling the burn. Yeah, know, I, and, or we are Bernie, or whatever the new hashtag is. Um, but, you know what I mean? Like, if it comes down to fucking anybody versus Trump, like, you... You yeah. fucking can't in your right conscious like vote for him. Vote yeah. for Trump. I mean, the thing is, I mean, there's got to something. Some people have got to take notice, and they are taking notice. I think Hillary is too. She seemed a lot more relaxed. I think she understands. I mean, Bernie Sanders campaign. This is bigger than Obama. Oh, yeah, From a grassroots level, this guy is. We loved. I remember we graduated high school when Obama started. We were in high school when first, Obama. My first president. Yeah, yeah, like my president was black. I yeah, I remember like the fever pitch there and. Whether, I mean, I'm not in school now or I'm not as around young minds and vote like, like-minded voters, but it's crazy to think that there's somehow more of a buzz for someone than Obama was in 08, yeah. and that's Sanders. Like, yeah, the, the uh, grassroots fundraising, as we're talking about, and they talked about it early on, uh, Bernie Sanders did, like grassroots fundraising, like Obama raised a million dollars, a million dollars just from individual contributions. And that was fucking crazy at the time. It was unheard of. It was double anything else. And he got he had a billionaire too. That was that's yeah. his thing too. In 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 less than 
half that time, or about half that time, maybe a little bit over half that time, Bernie Sanders raised $2 million in individual, not corporate, just individual, you know what I mean, donations to his campaign, just people that are, are want, like what he's saying and, and want to to have him have his voice in the White House. Yeah, I mean, he's totally against the Super PAC, which I am too. Uh, Citizens United is probably the worst ruling in recent memory in this country's history. Um, absolutely ludicrous to allow pretty much money to be a voter. Um, but no, I mean, he's opposed to it. It's just his biggest donor is like a carpenter's union for like $340,000. Like, mm-hmm. it's insane. And he's like, up. he's not up there with the Clintons or anything. But the fact is that he's still able to hold his own. And I mean, I think people are starting to get worried and they should be. I mean, they're feeling, feeling the burn. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, and he's not taking things yeah, from super PAC. So he doesn't have any no reason, reason to no Koch brothers. Yeah. There's, there's no, no reason for him to do anything that he doesn't personally believe in. And there's that's no Bill Maher, awesome million dollar yeah. check. I mean, it's, it's great. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, um, I mean, biggest takeaway, I mean, from this, or what would you, what would you have liked to have seen actually from this debate? Um, I mean, I, I think I would have liked to see them step out of their comfort zones a little. Um, I would have liked to see Hillary talk more domestic. I would have liked to see uh, Bernie Sanders talk a little bit more about foreign policy. You know I mean, he's kind of talked about, you know, I mean, not sending people to Iraq and being less involved and be more diplomatic. Um, but I kind of want to hear more about like what what his ideas are, and like I also. I mean, I don't know how to phrase the question, but like, you know, I mean, as a as a Jewish man, you know what I mean? Like Bernie Sanders is is how how does he deal with like Palestinian conflict? You know what I mean? Like, does does that change things? I'm kind of surprised nobody has policy? asked him that. Um, they may be worried of the backlash yeah, for asking a question like right. that. But the, you know, what I mean, that's something that I feel like is potentially concerning. You know what I mean? Like, does you know, what I mean, does he look does he? You know I mean, does it look like he's playing favorites? When, I mean, because I mean, America's like consistently playing favorites with Israel. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because Israel puts so much money into America, but that's something like I'm kind of curious about. I don't. I don't know. What What do you uh, What do you think of? Uh, they were asked how he plans. Like, like you're giving us the Disneyland dream, and how do you plan on paying for it? And with his response being, "I want to tax the wealthy. Uh, corporate taxes need to be raised." Ta- I mean. Pretty much that taxes do need to be raised. And the last one being, I mean, taxing on speculation with Wall Street. I mean, we bailed these people out. And his, his response is that they need to bail. I mean, what are your thoughts on yeah, pretty no, much? A- absolutely. So, so I mean, basically our, our tax structure right now is set up where um, everyone – so it's like – you know what I mean? There's tax brackets. Like if you ever done your taxes, you kind of understand it. If not – so every – you've been making a certain amount of money. You pay a certain amount into your taxes – well, the last tax bracket is at $250,000. So if you make $250,000, you're paying the same percentage as somebody who's making... $250 million. Yeah, or, or $10 billion. Like, it's it's all the same. And and he wants to, A, like, raise that cap so there being another percentage increase at, say, $500,000 and then another one at $750,000. So the extremely wealthy are, you know what I mean, putting in a little bit more. He wants to cut out those loopholes like you know what i mean the the top you know what i mean the t- top 10th i guess the point one the point one percent um you know what i mean should be paying 35 percent in taxes and like on average they're paying something like 
13% based on all these, these loopholes and things that they're able to do. Um, so, I mean, there's so much that can be done without even raising taxes, but just enforcing taxes and cutting through loopholes and, and making these people pay. Like, it's, it's just, it's crazy to think that, like, with a few adjustments, like, college can be free and, like, yeah, maybe we pay more into taxes, but on the flip side, like, our health premiums are gone and the percentage we're paying in, you know what I mean, to pay our student loans back is 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 gone. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much, there's savings on the, the flip side of things that... I don't know. I think people are are too scared to Wait. to embrace. I mean, one one of the things was, and right after that question, they had a young man. He was like, "You want to give us free health care? This, this, and that. Um, you're going to have to raise taxes on the middle class and pretty much across the board." And I love that his response was, "I'll tell you this: you're going to pay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to raise the taxes on you guys." And everybody kind of had that collective like, <gasps> the, "Don't right. say that word." But he said, "He's like." In reality, though, you would pay $5,000 less annually with my tax plan than you would if you had a private insurance company. I, and I think that's the thing is that people think when they see taxes, they think that that still means that they're paying taxes and these other things that they don't understand that these taxes lead to these things being taken care of by our right, government. Right. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that we need to have this Orwellian all overseeing government, but I, I do think that the government plays a huge part into the well-being of its nation. And it's right, that absolutely. Necessity. It's, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? If, I, if I'm hungry, I could buy an extra large pizza by myself and spend $13 on it, $15 on it, not eat it all, you know what I mean? Throw it in the fridge and then, you know what I mean, eventually throw it away. Or, you know what I mean, me and five of my friends can all put $2 onto it, $3 onto it, and we're all fucking satisfied. Able to eat, we're yeah. all getting, you know what I mean, enough to eat. And, and the thing is, too, that these people are the big thing. I mean, Trump's biggest slogan is make America great again. And these people don't realize that the quote unquote great times were when Eisenhower was taxing the wealthy 93% right. and people were getting taxed with people thought. Like one of the biggest issues were, I mean, the civil rights are in that age. I mean, but the other one, too, was that people the middle class was so well off that the, their biggest complaint was conformity mm-hmm. at, at the, at the, because of success. I mean, I don't think people realize, I mean, I know nobody wants to pay taxes, but when you look in comparison to other, other developed countries, we're just, we're in the middle to the lower half of actually having to put money in. I mean, right. I understand everybody wants to fend for themselves, but I think for the, the, the high mentality is that everyone's got to kind of put a, hand to make this nation great. It's not going to be one person. It's not going to be bombing a Middle Eastern nation. It's going to be us coming together and understanding that we have to take care of one another. Um, so we had asked you, your big, what would you have liked to see? Uh, what would you have liked to have seen from, uh, I guess, when we come to the next debate? My answer to that question would have been, um, I think O'Malley is actually the only one that did it, is that we're getting to the, we're getting to the, kind of the end time, not the, yeah, the end time or grind time, the, the end of regulation where we got to make a choice on who is going to represent the Democratic Party and whether they realize it or not, Obama's approval rating is creeping up. He's not that far behind where Reagan was when Reagan was leaving office. He's only like 2% behind that these people, they may not have thought this two years ago, but 
they're going to have to start running on Obama's legacy. And I mean, with the Affordable Care Act, I mean, whether you disagree with it or not, it's here and to remove it now would cripple pretty much our infrastructure and just throw even more people uninsured. Right, um, right. Our foreign policy, um, the way that's been handled with uh, kind of reaffirming and reestablishing those connections with our allies. I, I, I'd like to see that. I, I kind of the next debate slash town hall meeting. I kind of want to see what Sanders O'Malley talked about it more than anyone. And then Hillary talk about, hey, where do you take from what Obama has done and what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like Hillary has talked a lot about that because she's... You know, she is. She's, she's part of that. She's, right. Yeah. She's part of that administration. I think she started off like like kind of with one hand, like pushing away right, because right. Obama was at like 35% and everybody thought he's ruining America and yada, yada, yada. And now as he's starting to slowly, people are starting to see the results of his last seven years in office and what he actually, lo and behold, knew what he was talking about and was actually trying to better this nation he diverted us from a depression yada 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 but i mean i that's what i want to see yeah and and i think bernie has helped hillary do that uh bernie's done what for the like for democrats what like the tea party did for republicans right yeah. so bernie's so far left that he you know what i mean he he changes where the bar is so hillary is allowed to step maybe a couple more steps left closer to obama to still not look like she, you know, I mean, she's not the most extreme Democrat on the, you know, what I mean, on the the ticket, or you know, what I mean, of the eligible candidates. So she's able to to kind of be that without, you know, I mean, being out of control. So Bernie's allowed everything to shift, um, and and I think Bernie's, I mean, he's done so much and like impactfully where he's even allowing, uh, you know, what I mean, some pull to the middle from conservatives you know i mean conservatives that want to kind of distance themselves from trump still seem really conservative you gotta remember compared to bernie like they can move way left and still seem very moderate very right one thing too we forgot to mention and he brought it up uh, mr our senator sanders was that hey i've been passing bills for decades i have relationships with the right side most of my bills were bipartisan and people from the uh, came across the aisle to support this I think that's another thing, too, that I'd like to see Bernie kind of hawk more on and be like, hey, people are worried about this gridlock in Congress. and But, hey, I've already been here. I have friends on both sides. I yeah. think that's something that's been missing. I mean, I worry that a gridlock is inevitable. I'm hoping that because people respect Bernie Sanders and, and, and I mean, they respect Hillary, too, I think, in, um, in Congress, that we won't get the, you know what I mean, the same pushback that Obama did, the whole, like, my number one goal in office is to make sure that obstructionism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So I'm hoping that obstructionism disappears. I think America's tired of it. I think like if there was open obstructionism in the future, I think those are the people that get voted out of office. Um, I think I'm most excited about if if Bernie does get this ticket. I think you're going to see a lot of really progressive Democrats getting into office like in you know what i mean in the the house and senate which is really exciting to me too like getting the um you know what i mean getting congress to be very blue as as well you know what i mean so things can get passed and things can get pushed through and to get rid of some of that gridlock yeah i mean i i whether you guys like it or not we are in political season it's about to get to the uh 
overtime when it comes to this. I mean, we I love talking about this. Chase loves talking about this. The guests that we have on here love talking well, love talking about this. We haven't done it on the show much, but I mean, we got the Republican debate coming up on the 28th. I'm sure you and I are going to have a lot to say with that yeah. because I think he and I have kind of got a lot of entertainment more so than... Yeah, and if any of our Republican friends out there, if uh, I mean, if, I don't know if we even have like Republican friends, I can think of like three of them off the yeah. top of my head. You're more than welcome to come. Yeah, in. please, please, I'd love to get a deferring voice. Like sometimes it's annoying to agree with Nigel for for an hour, <laughs> um, which is weird because I never fucking agree with Nigel yeah. for for this long. But the Democratic uh, politics blo- yeah, is something the, that the that Democratic Blowjob Festival <laughs> doesn't need to always continue. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where things go. I mean, I'm, I'm fucking terrified that we could be in a country with Trump as a president. Like it, or seemed, Cruz. <laughs> it seemed like such a fucking far-fetched joke. Um, I mean, Cruz can't win cause he's Canadian, but, um, it seemed like a far-fetched joke to begin with. And like every day it just gets like more and more real. Like, holy shit. Like, Starting to get scared. Yeah. This guy could do i mean i don't i still don't think so but i also didn't think he would still be the leading republican this double digit leading (laughs) so we'll see yeah i mean i think that's gonna wrap it up for us this week uh thank you guys very much for listening um chase you want to say any last words uh man well I, i appreciate everyone that's listening um as per usual if you're still listening uh go ahead and shoot me a dm and i got the my first dm ever from uh my buddy nick uh last week while we're doing the podcast so i'm i'm glad he's listening um but i've been getting really positive feedback uh nikki max says to stop clinking glasses um when we're here it like drives her fucking crazy i think i'm the only one that doesn't drink while we're talking you clink some glasses though (laughs) um but uh yeah man like so just just keep giving us your feedback and again if you're still listening shoot me a dm uh with the word bernie and uh, we'll shout you out on the next uh, podcast. Um, and that is uh, on Twitter at Thrill of the Chase. That's uh, at T H R I L L, like Cool J, A C H A S E. Um, and uh, Nigel, you want to talk to him about it a little bit? Yeah. Um, once again, you guys, thank you very, very much. I It's a little hobby of ours, and I take so much joy in it. Thank you guys very much that have continued listening. Tell your friends, share with your friends. And where can they find the podcast? They can find the podcast at soundcloud.com slash idiots with mics on the podcast store at idiots with mics. Working on getting us on the Google. Bear with me. We are now on Stitcher. Just got the approval for that. That was pretty awesome. We're not Stitcher at idiots with mics. You can find myself. Actually, you can find the podcast on Twitter at underscore idiots with mics. Actually, if you're listening, could you do me a favor? Go to Idiots with Mikes. The guy has not tweeted in four years. Could you spam him so we can get his account blocked and I can get that name for us? But as of now, you can find us on Twitter at underscore Idiots with Mikes. You can find myself at Marty McTweet. Let either one of us know. We want to hear questions. We want to hear topics. Big one has been, hey, when are you going to get a girl on the podcast? Why is it always got to be a sausage fetch? We are working on it. We will have that very, very soon. And girls just generally don't like us. Yeah, like, so yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. So this is probably if a girl's listening, it's probably the most we've talked to a girl in a long time. So <laughs> no, but no, um, we got one that one wants to come and talk. I mean, crime and politics. Another one that is just the biggest nerd, if not more than us, that'll be on here. Um, trust me, it's happening. We're all about. I mean, we've made a big deal about diversity. It's going to happen here too. Just. 
We're still kind of getting our bearings and all that fun stuff. As usual, I don't know why I don't have a name for this segment yet, but we will be ending with a song. Chase, you want to tell us who it is? And yeah, man. Well, we want to. We talked a little bit about about Bernie Sanders. We're feeling the burn, um, so we want to. We want to let you go with some easy listening. Uh, the music stylings of Bernie Sanders. Chase, say goodbye. Take it easy, y'all. And until next time, enjoy yourself. Walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream border This land was made for you and me I roamed and rambled, I followed my footsteps From the sparkling sands of your diamond desert And all around me a voice was sounding This land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land From California To the New York Island From the Redwood Forest To the Gulf Stream border This land was made for you and me When the sun comes shining Then I was strolling The wheat fields waving, the dust clouds rolling. A voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land.